This past Sunday, the University of Utah women's basketball team continued its meteoric ascent in the college basketball world by defeating then number six Stanford 75 to 68 at the Huntsman Center on Sunday in Salt Lake City. Now that win, along with providing a sweep of the Bay Area schools that weekend, that win over Stanford tied for the highest ranked win in school history, matching the Utah team that defeated then number six Long Beach State back in 1984. The 2018-19 edition of the Utah Utes now 18-1 on the year and 7-1 in the deepest, if not the best, basketball conference in college basketball, the Pac-12 conference. And I am pleased to be joined right now on the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast by the fourth-year head coach of the Utes women's basketball team, Coach Lynn Roberts. And first of all, Lynn, thank you so very much for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Uh, You defeat Stanford, and of course, your opposing number on the sideline, the legend Hall of Famer Tara Vanderveer. Uh, What is the the vibe now for the University of Utah basketball in Salt Lake City and the state? It has to be uh, at a high that the school hasn't experienced uh, in some time. What is the vibe like right now for basketball, especially after that win on Sunday? Well, it's great. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I think there's definitely a lot of hype right now, a lot of momentum uh, in the community. When I took this job over three and a half years ago, uh, you know, we averaged like 600 fans maybe, uh, and it was just kind of dead in the water. And, I, you know, Salt Lake City is a tremendous city. It's a fun city. It's a sports town. Um, and I saw potential here. And, and so we have, you know, it's been slow to build, but, it, you know, we've had three good seasons, and now we're having a great one. Um, and the attendance is up. And we're averaging close to 4,000 fans, and they're loud, and they're into it, and they're it's passionate. And um, certainly wins like this last weekend. We beat a very, very good Cal team on Friday. And then, uh, obviously, Stanford is, is a name that everybody knows how, how excellent they are. And, and so there's definitely some uh, some hype and, and some momentum in the community, which is really fun. And, we you know, we just need to keep doing what we're doing and not get ahead of ourselves or uh, you know, when we, when we set out to this season, it wasn't like our goal this year is to beat Stanford. And, um, you know, we wanted to do things that we had never done before in this program and we, since we've joined the Pac-12 and we have never beaten Stanford before Sunday. And, um, so that's a, that's a good mark. Uh, but we don't want this to be the highlight of our year. So if that, if this is the highlight of our season, that means the next month isn't so great. So we've got to just keep chipping away. You and your team are getting ready to take on the Oregon schools in the Beaver State, first of all, taking on Oregon and then Oregon State. Uh, Is the Pac-12 schedule the best way to instill humility uh, with your team, given how good (laughs) this league is? (laughs) Yes, it's the best league for women's basketball night in and night out. And, and, you know, we, we looked at the schedule when it came out, and I'll tell you what, man, there's not a game on the schedule that's easy. You could look at records and say, oh, you're supposed to win this one or they're supposed to win this one. None of them are easy. Uh, there's such great talent and coaches and, uh, the league is so good. Uh, so this, you know, we had Cal, then Stanford, who at the time was fifth or sixth. Uh, and now we go to Oregon, who's number four, and then we play Oregon State, who's ninth. And so we're going to have three top 10 games in a row. I don't know if there's a, another conference that could, could boast that. Um, and, you know, we're the lucky ones that get to do it all in a row, but everybody gets their turn, you know. Uh, we're not unique in that, this whole league. So if you if you can do well in this league, that means you're one of the best teams in the country, and uh, that bodes well for postseason play for whoever makes it. Um, but this this conference is, uh, it is tough. And it, it to your point, yes, it can humble you quickly. 
Uh, I learned that my first couple of years, we had great, you know, my second year here, we went 11 and 0 non-conference and we're feeling pretty confidently and then just got, <laughs> you know, humbled uh, a few times where it's like, whoa, uh, that is the next level and we've got work to do. So absolutely. Uh, I feel like we've grown and developed and we're better than we were two years ago. Um, but still, if you don't keep your hands up and, and stay on the attack, then you're going to get knocked over. Once again, Lynn Roberts, the head coach of the Utah Utes women's basketball team, joining us on the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast. And uh, you kind of hit on what my next question was going to be. Uh, you mentioned the pretty good non-conference portion of your season that you had a couple of years ago. You were undefeated, I believe, uh, a couple of years ago and undefeated this year in the non-conference uh, part of your schedule and then going into Pac-12 play. Uh, a couple of seasons where you finished just underneath the uh, 500 mark at 8-10 and 10, and then the year that you mentioned a couple of years ago where uh, your team was only able to uh, manage five wins out of 18 uh, in Pac-12 play. Uh, what has been the biggest difference so far this season in terms of translating the non-conference success into success in the Pac-12 compared to those other seasons, I guess, uh, were those lumps uh, that you had to take in conference play the past few years? Did it harden your team uh, uh, going into this year and helped you with your success so far in the league? Well, it's a different roster. I mean, anytime you take over a program, um, especially in the Power Five conference, there's going to be some turnover and we've had some turnover in terms of new kids coming in and, and kind of graduating or kids kind of filtering out. And so it's really not the same. I think there's only two players that were, that played that, that two years ago that are playing now. Um, so different team, different year, everything's different. But I think, um, you know, what makes it different? Why are we succeeding a little more this year? I think, you know, goes without saying kind of talent. I think we've got uh, more depth in that in that sense. We're not a one or two player uh, team in terms of if you shut down two players, you're going to beat us. I think we've got we've shown we've got a lot of depth and a lot of different weapons. Um, and then just kind of it takes time for the culture to to stick and kind of what how I want us to play, you know, on and off the floor, how I want us to conduct ourselves takes time. And I think now we're starting to see that things are sticking and. And we're a little more, we have a little more resolve in who we are and what we're good at, what we're not good at. Um, and, I, you know, those things just take time. And so I think that can kind of explain why we're uh, doing well this season as well. Uh, you mentioned the roster that you have uh, this season and a person that you have had for the past couple of seasons, including this season, uh, Megan Huff, uh, a transfer from the University of Hawaii. And uh, she leads your team in scoring and rebounding, almost averaging double-double. Uh, and it's so interesting uh, she started her career at Hawaii, and, and she didn't start her college career uh, playing basketball, played volleyball, and then picked up basketball while at the University of Hawaii, and then became a really good uh, sixth woman at the University of Hawaii, and then eventually transferred to your school at the University of Utah. Uh, take me through the process of how you first initially uh, recruited Megan to your school, uh, to Salt Lake City at the University of Utah, and I guess the biggest difference and the growth that she has made from the time you first worked with her, she first got to Salt Lake City, to right now, where she, along with uh, Sabrina Ionescu and a couple other players, is right there in terms of Pac-12 Player of the Year running. Yeah, Huffy is a talent. She really is, and, and I'm glad you bring her up with those other guys, um, Inescu and all those players, because she often doesn't get mentioned in the same sentences, um, and I think she's kind of paralleled our success. It's kind of like, well, how good is Utah really? How good is Megan Huff really? Well, this you know, this last weekend, she went toe-to-toe with Christina Nigue, who's 
you know, up for player of the year as well. And, and, and she went up against Alana Smith, who's, you know, up for player of the year as well. Um, and Huffy averaged 21 and 11. And, you know, she is just as good as, as those, you know, she is an elite player. Uh, some WNBA team is going to get lucky and get her and be gra- glad they did. But uh, in terms of her recruiting, you know, she actually went to Hawaii to play volleyball and was kind of a dual sport athlete um, and then had a couple years of success kind of coming off the bench with Hawaii and realized like, Hey, this basketball thing's kind of fun. And I want to focus on that and, and play at a high the, in the pac 12. And so she kind of opened up a recruiting and, um, we just jumped in there and competed for her and, and we're, we're fortunate enough to get her. And, you know, we beat out some, some of our conference foes who I'm sure wish her, wish had her now, but, uh, we're lucky to get her. But what has been her biggest growth is just the own work that she's put in. Um, you know, she, she has, this is only truly her second season of just playing basketball and she's as good as she is right now. Think about that. Uh, you know, she has always been a dual sport athlete and never really had an off season before coming here. And, um, she's as hard as working kid as I've ever seen. And she's put so much time in to develop her skills because she's always been just a tremendous athlete and she's long and, um, can jump out of the gym, but now she's put the time in to be a skilled basketball player and, and you're seeing the results of that. Once again, Lynn Roberts, the coach of the University of Utah women's basketball team, uh, joining us. It almost sounds as if she's almost not necessarily a once-in-a-generation type talent, but someone that uh, just changes the culture of the program. Would you say that about Megan? Yeah, I mean, she has certainly, um, you know, last year she had a great year, kind of a typical first year in terms of first year at this at this level and, and in this conference. And so she had some tremendous games and then some games where she, you know, had, you know, just kind of still learning. And this year she's been unbelievably consistent. But, yeah, I mean, she, she has helped put us on the map, no doubt. I mean, she's our best player. Everybody knows it. Um, the teams we're playing know it. Our players know it. Uh, and, and that's a burden, and that's hard. It's hard to be consistent when you, every time you step out on the floor – the other team's scout is designed, you know, on the whiteboard, it's number one, slow down Huff, and there's a game plan how to do it. That's hard to continue to be consistent um, and still get your average and still put the team on your back. Um, and so, yeah, she's a special player and, and has really helped our program um, get into that national spotlight. Uh, one of your other seniors on the roster who averages – Average double figures uh, on the year. Uh, Denisha Provo, uh, unfortunately, uh, just a couple of weeks back, uh, suffered a season-ending injury. How much of an impact did Denisha make uh, to your uh, roster and the growth of this program? And how did your team rally around her, at least so far in the past uh, couple of weeks, in making sure that Denisha is just as uh, much a fabric of the program, even though uh, she can't be out there on the court playing? Well, that was a blow. You know, we lost our one loss was a was a like a one second left on the clock bank shot off foot hit by Arizona State to win at the buzzer, um, and so it was just like the worst way to lose. And and then that next morning, we found out that Denisha had torn her ACL in that game, and so that was a tough that was a tough thirty six hours. And and um, but this group has just rallied around, and Denisha, of course, is still a, a huge piece of our team. And but you know, she's scheduling for surgery and, and focusing on getting healthy and you know sports is a is a good kind of um window into what life can be like like it can suck and things can be hard and you just have to keep chugging along and this team is just uh despite losing denisha and that was such a blow um you know we no one's feeling sorry for us we've got to just pick us pick ourselves up and, and plug along and i think the rest of the team has stepped in in her absence and, and picked up the slack that that we counted on with her and 
um, you know, we're just we just got to move on. We just got to keep keep plugging away. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned some of the players that uh, have stepped up in her absence in the Stanford win uh, just a couple of days ago. Erica Bean, uh, 23 points, I believe, uh, 10, 11 points uh, in that fourth quarter. She's someone that you are looking to to continue to step up uh, her play as uh, the season goes along. Erica Bean? Yes. Yeah, no, she's been great. And she's a she's a senior for us um, and playing like one, and it's been fun to see. She's always been kind of a facilitator first, and she's one of the most athletic players in the league and just can really jump and, and has good vision, and she's just steady. She doesn't turn it over, um, doesn't make mistakes. Uh, but, you know, teams have, have started to sag off of her because of Huffy and because of other players we have and forced her to, you know, call her bluff and say, are you going to shoot it? And, and now she's getting to the point where it's like, okay, you're not going to guard me, then – and I'm going to shoot it. And um, so that's what happened on Sunday with Stanford, and, and uh, we're going to need that continued kind of confidence from her moving forward. Uh, when, when basketball fans and people who watch basketball in general watch your team uh, or want to get familiar with uh, your team that has done so well uh, the past few years and especially uh, this season, uh, what are they going to expect? What is your style of play? Uh, your team is very deep. You have, I believe, eight or nine players uh, that average at least 11 minutes per game. When uh, a person watches uh, the University of Utah women's basketball team, what uh, will they expect and what, what will they see? What type of team will they see? Well, I, what I would like them to see, and I think the numbers show this, um, is that we get a, you know, we're, we're going to play at a high tempo. Um, I enjoy coaching that way. You know, the, the object of the game is to score more points than who you're playing. And yep. so uh, I want to get out and run when we can. Uh, I think you're going to see a team that um, – shares the ball if you look at our offensive efficient numbers and our assists and turnovers and all these things we're in the top uh you know 20 in a lot of national statistics for offense um we shoot the ball at a high percentage uh, particularly in pac-12 play we're, we're just i think we're a good offensive team coupled with i think we're pretty dang good defensively too um our team has the ability to kind of lock in on a game plan and and um you know try to take away team strengths but again we're playing in the best league in the country and and there's great players and, and good offense beats, beats good defense. And so, um, you know, I, I just what I think you're going to see if you watch our team is a team that plays hard, really, really hard. I think you're going to see a team that plays uh, for one another in terms of how they move and share the ball. There's not uh, selfishness out there. I think they play with a lot of energy. Um, you know, our fan attendance, everything has been growing because I think people enjoy watching us play. Um, so that's what I think you'd see if you watched us play. Uh, three consecutive WNIT appearances. I know the end goal uh, is the NCAA tournament and then hope to do your best and advance in the NCAA tournament. But can you take away, uh, uh, are there things to take away from playing in the WNIT and being able to translate that and motivate your team and, uh, and things that uh, you could learn from your tournament experience, even though it's not NCAA tournament experience, in being able to uh, use that as motivation going into this year? Or was it used as any sort of motivation going into this year? I think it's great. Anytime you can continue playing with your team, I think it's a positive. I, I don't buy into like, oh, it's no, you know, we don't want to play. Any. I think that's silly. I think anytime you can continue playing, um, you should. I think the WNIT is a great tournament. I think they run a, they do a good job. Uh, it's competitive. It's it's uh, fast. Like you you win and and you you're on a plane or the next team's coming in that next day and so it's fun for players. It it kind of as a coach you earn your salt with um, game prep and turnaround and 
Um, so I think it's great. I think it's experience. There's no greater teacher than experience. I don't care what tournament you're playing in, quote unquote. Uh, postseason is postseason, and um, that that feeling of if we lose, it's over. Uh, again, it doesn't matter what tournament you're in. I think that's a good teacher. Um, of course, we want to make the NCAA tournament, um, and that's certainly something this year we haven't talked about it. But uh, you know, there's no player in America. You could ask the team that's you know hasn't won a game this year. They would love to. Play. Like everybody wants to play in the tournament. Um, it, it, it goes without saying. You don't need to set that as a goal. It should be a goal. Um, so it's not something we're fixated on or talking about. Or you know, I think. I'm a firm believer that your body of work will tell you what tournament you deserve to play in. So if we have a next, if we can win some games in February, then we should be good enough to, to make the tournament. If we're not able to do that, then, you know, like our body of work um, determines what tournament we play in, and we'll just keep chipping away. Yeah. Uh, I'll get you out on this. Uh, at the very beginning, you mentioned when you first started coaching uh, in Salt Lake City at the University of Utah, and there were about... 600 fans uh, in the stands, and now you're in the, I think you said about 4,000 uh, fans yeah. per game. Uh, in that first year in Salt Lake City, um, outside of just focusing on each individual game that you have to prepare for and try to win, uh, did you allow yourself to envision what uh, the uh, school and what the basketball team would be in the next few years, and if the uh, fan base will respond in kind. When you had the 500, 600 fans in the game, did you think about, you know, I'm going to get this program in the next few years uh, to be at a point where we have 3,000, 4,000 plus fans uh, in the stands? Was it kind of frustrating a little bit going to uh, coaching games and only having that number of fans at the very beginning? Well, when I took the job, I, I, I saw the potential. Salt Lake City is a sports town, and, and our gymnastics team averages, you know, it's the highest attended women's sporting event in the country. It doesn't matter what sport is our women's gymnastics team. Our football team is legit. We've, I think we have 57 straight sellouts in our football, for our football team. Men's basketball is really good. Volleyball is really good. Softball is really good. And all of them are well attended. Um, we just didn't play an exciting, you know, before I got here, there, there wasn't a lot of excitement about our team. Um, our attendance, so the year before I got here was about five, 600. My first year we had about 900, um, which was up, but still not. But, you know, I took the job, I absolutely, and I still have, and I'm still applying it. You know, we have a six-year vision. I signed a six-year contract. We had a six-year vision of, you know, this is where we want to be after every year, and this is how we're going to do it. So a vision and then kind of a game plan of how we're going to build. And, and um you know, it just takes time and a lot of hard work and you have to kind of shut out the noise and not listen to what people are saying critically or, or, or positively about your program. I, this is the third program I've taken over. I believe in the way to do it. And so did I envision it? Heck yeah. And I had it mapped out. Uh, and so we're on pace, um, and we still got a long ways to go, but we're definitely on pace and building and, and it's rewarding to see, um, kind of the vision start to take, take a foothold here in Salt Lake. What do you see as you envision year five and year six, or is that too early to ask? No, we want to be a we want to be on the national level, um, respected, not a surprise, uh, and and make a run uh, for Pac-12 championships and and in the NCAA tournament. Like we want to be in that upper third of this league, and we want to be on the national radar again, not as a like oh wow Utah's good this year, huh? But as a expected, 
team that's really, really good. And we just have, you know, and then by the time it's sixth year, I want to average 6,000 fans. I want, you know, I'm, I'm never satisfied and, and I think we can do it. I believe very much uh, in the vision and, and I believe so much in it that I, I'm confident it's going to happen. Uh, probably the most pressing question, and it's really lighthearted. Uh, how many times do you tease uh, Denisha Provo for her surname also being the name of the city <laughs> that houses the University of Utah's biggest rival? Yes, how about that? And <laughs> one step further, she was my first recruit here when I was at university. When I got the job here, we signed her. She just she had transferred from Clemson. Yeah. Uh, she's from Canada. And she was the first recruit, and I don't think I quite got the gravity of what that meant for her to have Provo as her last name. Now that I've been here a while, I understand kind of how that's kind of eye-raising, and I did get some, like, what? The kid's last name is what? Uh, yes, that, that rivalry, the Holy War is for real. Uh, so it's kind of funny, ironic that my first recruit here, her last name is Provo, for sure. Uh, I'm sure um, there are swear words, and I know uh, that might be a swear word uh, in Salt Lake City, and it just so (laughs) happens to be uh, your first recruit's last name. And uh, we wish her uh, the best in her recovery from her injury, and we continue to wish you and your team all of the best and continued success with an amazing basketball season so far. Coach Lynn Roberts of the University of Utah women's basketball team, again, 18-1, and 7-1 and one in the Pac-12 conference, getting ready to take on Oregon and Oregon State. Uh, number 14 in the country, the University of Utah Utah women's basketball team in the latest poll. Coach, uh, thank you so very much for joining us. And again, uh, continued success with your team this season and going forward. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on.